come before you today with grateful hearts that there's no need for any of us to thirst any longer. Lord, you have provided for us your very life. Uh, Your life was poured out for us. And in your resurrection, we have the gift of everlasting life. So, Lord, I pray that today we would drink deeply of the truth of the gospel, the truth of who we are in you and what you've accomplished for us. And uh, remind us, Lord, that when you came into this earth, that you came with power and authority over all of the things that cause us to suffer in this life. And so, Lord, we look forward, we look forward to that day when all things will be made new. Lord, when you were born in Bethlehem's manger, Lord, it was the inauguration of something new, a new heaven and a new earth, redemption and salvation coming uh, to us. And so, Lord, here in in this present age, we, we await that day. We await our once and for all and final healing in you. We thank you, though, that in this life you walk with us and that you have power and authority to touch us and to strengthen us and to help us in this life. So turn our hearts towards you. Help us to to drink and to thirst no more in the reality of who you are and of what you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of things I want to mention. First of all, Palm Sunday is coming up. Palm Sunday is on April 10th. And on Palm Sunday, each and every person who comes to that service is going to receive a palm. And what you can do uh, with that palm is uh, you can take it and you can uh, make it into a cross. So we're actually going to be setting tables up out here. And I'm just kind of envisioning people of all ages, from the youngest to the oldest, kind of sitting and taking these palms and making them into palm crosses, which is a reminder for you to take home um, for East, for during Holy Week and into Easter Sunday. So we invite you to come uh, for that time and to be a part of that. Another thing I'm excited about is on April 3rd, we're going to be having a Holy Communion class, a class just to teach what we believe uh, about Holy Communion and how we practice Holy Communion here at Maple Park Church. So especially for those who are new to our church, we invite you to come and to be a part of that uh, class on Holy Communion. Or if you've been here for years and you're just interested in learning and to have a refresher on what we believe about the sacrament of Holy Communion, uh, we invite you to come for that. So that'll be on April 3rd after this service um, in the church offices. So we hope you can participate in those two um, things that are happening here at Maple Park. But I'm so glad to see each and every one of you here this morning at Maple Park. We know that uh, God is good. And that he is the one who gathers us together. The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we do have reason to rejoice. Not in our circumstances. uh, Because there are a lot of difficult and hard things that happen in our lives. We have reason to rejoice because of who Jesus is. And what he has accomplished for us. And what he has promised to us as we journey through this life. So this is the day that the Lord has made. And let us be a people who rejoice and who are glad in it. We're several weeks into a sermon series which is entitled Spirit-Filled Living. 
We're talking about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures teach us what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every believer, every person who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ is filled with the Holy Spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit will manifest itself in things like love and joy and peace. So in January, we talked about love. And then in February, we talked about joy. And this month, we're talking about the peace that is ours in Jesus Christ. So the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to begin to, is to, begin to produce these fruits in your life of love, joy, and peace. Not that we, that we love perfectly or are always joyful and always experience the peace that's ours in Jesus. You know, sometimes, like I said last week, my, my fruit is kind of ugly. I don't love the way Christ wants me to love. And I don't have the joy or the peace that Christ wants me to have. And then next week we're talking about, or next month we're talking about patience. Patience. Last night, I lost my patience with a certain seven-year-old girl. And I made her cry. <laughs> so none of us, none of us are, are living out the life that Christ has called us to live perfectly. None of us. This is the reminder that we still need Jesus today. That we need His grace and His mercy we need the strength that only He can give to live out the life that He has called us to live. Amen. So we need Jesus. Because we're still sinners. We still have this sinful nature. Theologians say that we are, they use this Latin formula, simul justice et peccator, which simply means that we are simultaneously righteous, made righteous, through the blood of Jesus Christ and sinner. So we still retain a sinful nature and none of us are living in the love or the joy or the peace or the patience that Christ has called us to live in. So none of us have perfect fruit. My fruit oftentimes is ugly. Now many people who encountered Jesus in the Gospels understood it, understood that they had no hope without Jesus, that their only hope was in Jesus. So I ask you that question, have you come to that place today where you understand that your only hope, your only hope for today or for eternity is found in Jesus alone. Have you come to that point? Or are you still clinging to something in this broken and sin-sick world for hope? Are you clinging to something that is going to pass away, something that's decaying? Are you clinging to that which will not last for eternity? Are you looking for hope here in this decaying world? Come on. 
Or are you looking for hope in Christ who is eternal? You see, when when your hope is in this world, there's no peace. Because we know that the things of this world are passing away. The only way you can have peace today and peace for eternity is by trusting in Christ alone as your Savior. So I ask you, have you received Christ as your Savior? Do you believe in Him? Do you trust in Him? So today we're going to read about people who encountered Jesus and found healing in Him. We're going to read about the reality that Jesus has authority over sickness. So even in the midst of illness, in this life we have peace. And I'm going to unpack that for us today. You can have peace as you walk through times of illness. Even if that illness is eternal and even if that illness is not healed. So let's open up our Bibles to Mark chapter 4, verses 38 uh, through 44. Mark chapter 4, verses 38 through 44. And it's good to see Ian in the sound booth today. He's back from college from Southern California or Central California. I'm not really sure where it's at, but welcome back, Ian. It's good to see you. So Mark 4, 38 through 44. Please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson. Reading in Jesus' name, and he that is Jesus arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. We know that Simon is Simon Peter, often referred to throughout the Bible as the Apostle Peter. So he entered into Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to Jesus. They, They requested of Jesus on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many crying, You are the Son of God. But Jesus rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Here ends the reading of our gospel lesson. You may be seated. We believe that Jesus has authority uh, over every type of physical ailment that we experience in this life. Jesus has authority and he has power to heal. He has authority over sickness. So Jesus can and, and Jesus does heal. Uh, we've, we've experienced that here within this congregation. We've, we've seen how God has done miracles in people's bodies of, of tumors disappearing. So we know 
from the scriptures and we know from our walk with the Lord Jesus that he does have authority to heal. He has authority to heal. Um, so healing was, was not something that, that happened back then and doesn't happen today. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we do believe that he can and he does heal when it's according to his will. So Jesus' healing power is real today. But first of all, I want us to back up and, and talk about the root of sickness and illness. Why is sickness a, a reality in our world today? Well, sickness is the constant reminder. Sickness is that constant reminder that humanity is broken. When, when our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned in the Garden of Eden, they lived in, in paradise. There was no sickness or death. But when they rebelled against God, the whole human race was infected with the curse of sin. So now, because of the sin that has entered into the human race, sickness and death are a constant reality. A reminder that we need Jesus. And that our only, that our only source of peace today, or, or peace for eternity, yes. is in Jesus. Yes. One of the leading causes of stress in our world today is sickness and an illness. People are stressed out because they're sick or a loved one is sick. And that's understandable because none of us want to get sick. None of us want to see our loved ones sick. And certainly none of us want to, to die. So this is something that stresses us out. We experience stress, especially those who are older. The number, one of the number one causes of stress for older people is health and sickness. Understandable. And this is uh, because we live in a fallen world. And it also is the reminder that we get stressed out about being sick and we get stressed out about the reality of death because we were created to live forever. We were created to live in paradise, in perfect fellowship with God for eternity. We were created as eternal beings. So it's, it's natural for us to be stressed out about illness and the reality of death. So when Jesus showed up, people recognized and people believed that hope had finally arrived. That when Jesus showed up, that there was hope in the midst of the difficulty of suffering and sickness. And it's true, when Jesus showed up, hope did arrive. When Jesus was born and when Jesus began his ministry, hope for humanity entered into this world. And when Jesus showed up, he came to prove that something new was happening. When Jesus showed up, 
He came to reverse the curse of sin. You see, when Jesus shows up, all things are made new. The old is gone and the new has come. Not just for us spiritually, but for all of creation. When Jesus showed up and he, and he demonstrated authority over sickness and creation in itself, he was saying there's something new happening. Something new and better is coming. The Apostle Paul wrote of this reality in Romans chapter 8. We have that up on the screen today. The Apostle Paul wrote about these things in Romans chapter 8, verse, beginning with verse 18. He says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Isn't that true? And we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children. Listen to this, including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But we look forward to something we don't yet have. And we must wait patiently and confidently. So when Jesus showed up, this began, this hope of a new creation was set into motion. So our ultimate peace, let me say this, our ultimate peace isn't found in our bodies being healed miraculously today. Our ultimate peace today is confidence in that day that is yet to come. That day when Jesus will bring final and complete healing, not only to us spiritually, but physically and to creation itself. That's where our real hope is found. So when Jesus showed up and He healed people, I believe that it was a preview of coming attractions. Every healing that Jesus performed Himself, or every healing that Jesus performed through the apostles, or every healing that Jesus performs today is not the main attraction. But it's a preview of coming attractions. It's a preview of a better day. It's Jesus saying, I am in control today, but there is something better on the way. And that's your future hope and glory with Jesus. So when it comes to physical healings today, I want to debunk some lies about miracle healings because there are plenty of con artists 
plenty of men and women out there teaching and doing things uh, which are not according to the scriptures. We've seen them on TV. Maybe we've been to their meetings. So I want to debunk some lies about miracle healings. The biggest lie, and probably the most damaging lie, is this. Is that if you have enough faith, if you have enough faith, then you'll be healed. And, and then they'll say that if you're not healed, it's because you didn't have enough faith. What a terrible, terrible thing. What a damaging thing to tell people. The reason you're not healed is because you don't have enough faith. Not true. It's not true. The other lie is that your sickness is the direct result of a particular sin. Your sickness is the result of a particular sin. Certainly sickness can be a consequence of sin, and that's biblical. But none of us should be the judge of that. Dear friend of mine, him and his wife had a miscarriage. And somebody within their church told them that the reason they had a miscarriage is because of some unrepentant sin in their life. It's amazing they're still going to church after hearing something like that. I've, I've ministered to people, and, and they have, have, have this, this idea uh, ingrained within their hearts and in their minds that they would have healing if they had enough faith, or if they were better people, then God might look upon them with favor and bring healing to them. You see, sickness ultimately is, is, a, is a consequence of humanity's fall. Not necessarily a particular sin. It's not a one-to-one -one relationship or a cause and effect thing. Sickness is a result of what we all share. We all share in the consequences of humanity's fall into sin. Humanity, creation itself, is broken. Subject to decay is what the Bible says. It's a part of the curse of sin. And sometimes Jesus will choose to miraculously heal the sick. But don't let your peace be predicated or dependent upon receiving a miracle in your body today. May your peace be found in Jesus alone. May your peace be found in the reality of who He is and what He promises to do for you as you walk through that illness. And as you leave this present age and enter into heaven and the new heaven and earth with Jesus. Your peace ought to be grounded in Jesus, who He is and what He has promised. You see, when, when your hope is grounded in Jesus, sickness and death lose their sting. 
sickness and death lose their sting because we know that Jesus has promised a new heaven and a new earth. He's promised this future glory for us, which is beyond our ability to comprehend the wonder and, and the peace of it and the, the magnificence of what Jesus has in store for us in eternity far outweighs any of the momentary suffering that we experience here on earth. Another thing to remember is that when Jesus does heal people in this present age, that that healing, that physical healing, doesn't last forever. Think of Peter's mother-in-law, who was healed of her fever. She didn't live forever on this earth. Eventually, Peter's mother-in-law got sick again. And she died to spend eternity with Jesus. Think of Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead for four days. When Jesus showed up, he said, remove uh, the, 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 the seal of the tomb. When the seal of the tomb was opened, the people were worried because he'd been dead for four days and that doesn't smell very nice. But Jesus said, open it up anyway. They opened Lazarus' Lazarus's tomb and Jesus spoke with authority into the tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out. But one day, we don't know when, maybe when Lazarus was an old man, he eventually got sick and he died. So our, our hope and our peace today should not be predicated on receiving a miracle healing in this day and age. Our ultimate hope is in the future and what Jesus has in store for us. Because a miraculous healing is temporary, but the hope that Jesus gives you in the gospel is eternal. And when he comes again, he will make everything new. Again, the Apostle Paul in Romans 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So praise God for what he has done and promised to do in Jesus' glorious return. So your peace isn't found in this decaying body or in some nice thing happening to you in this life. Your peace is grounded in the reality of Jesus and in the amazing promises that He's given you for today and for eternity. Let's read of our end times hope. One of the apostles, the apostle John, was given a vision of the future. He was given a vision of your future. So you don't need to go to, uh, to a psychic to get a vision of your future. It was already given to John. And in John chapter 21, here is a picture of what your future, one day, this is what you will experience. In Revelation chapter 21, John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. John said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. Listen to this. And God himself will be with them as their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. Why? For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end of the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God. And he will be my son and daughter. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. My prayer today is that you would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ so you could experience the joy of heaven. That you would not, that you would not suffer the fate of those who reject Christ. Then skipping to verse 22, and I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine in it. For the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus is the light of that eternal city. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who were written in the Lamb's book of life. It's my prayer today that your names are written in the book of life. How can you know today that your names are written in the book of life? How can you have this peace which is given today and lasts for eternity? Well, the Bible simply says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in Jesus. Turn from sin. Trust in Him alone. The Bible says that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, that they'll be saved. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank You that this gift this gift of your peace today, this gift of our ultimate and, and final healing, the peace that is given in these realities, Lord, is, is not something that we can earn, but it's something that's given to us as a free gift. So, Lord, I pray that first of all we would turn from everything that is decaying in this world, that we would stop placing our hope there because there's no peace found when our hope is in this decaying world. And Lord, I pray that you, by your grace, would turn our hearts towards you to trust in you alone as our Savior. Lord, if there's anybody here today who isn't sure if they have this gift of everlasting life, if there's anybody that is here today that isn't at peace with you, 
I pray that today, Lord, that they would be turned to you by your grace and by your mercy. And Lord, remind us that this hope isn't just for us sitting here today, but it's for the world. So as we go today, may we be bold and courageous to demonstrate and to share the peace that we've been given in Jesus. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. You may stand as we sing our next song, Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor.